What's up, traders? Welcome to the Day Trading Show. Today, we are sitting down with ASFX member and Black Shirt Club member, Colin. Colin is a Hong Kong trader. He's based in China. He has a lot of valuable experience to share. He has transformed himself in the last six to seven months of working with ASFX. So he will be very relatable to a lot of you guys, very authentic. And I think it's going to come across as something where you could see yourself as where Colin was, and then wanting to become what Colin is today. And if you're interested in the Black Shirt Club, we do have space open for 2023. So if you want to join the mentorship group that we're going to mention a lot today, go to asfx.biz slash BSC, or just go to our website. There's tabs at the top. There's links in the description wherever you're listening or watching this. Book a free call with me. Let's hop on. Let's make sure it's a good fit before you just join the club. And hopefully we could help you make some serious improvements in your trading, just like we did for Colin. So Enjoy the episode. Make sure you're paying attention. Colin is a very smart trader. I'm sure you're going to find value in this. All right, traders, we are back. We've got a special guest today. So Tom is here with me and Colin, all the way from Hong Kong. Now, Colin and I have known each other for... How long has it been, Colin? Seven months, eight months? Yeah, since last March, I think so. Yeah. Coming up on our one-year anniversary, bro. What are we going to do to celebrate? That's funny, mate. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a good episode. I'm really excited to uh, to get into it with Colin. Now, I have Tom here with me today because Tom has been Colin's coach uh, in the Black Shirt Club for a good chunk of the time that Colin has been in the club. Colin's an ASFX member. He's taken the course. He's been in the mentorship program. So that's going to come up, I, I would say, a fair amount today. For those of you that don't know, the Black Shirt Club is our mentorship program. It's a 12-week program. Then for some people, we offer them to stay working with us if we feel like they've made a good effort in the program and we feel there's still areas that we can help. They stay on as Black Shirt Club elite members, which is now what Colin is doing. And it's funny, Colin, you are a much different Black Shirt Club elite member than you are a Black Shirt Club member. Your first few weeks in the club, you were a different trader than you are today. Right, Tom? Can't you back that? Oh, absolutely. I uh, I will never forget when Colin came into the Black Shirt Club. Uh, he's got some, He's he came in and a lot of people could have learned from what Colin did. And the progress that Colin has made within that period has been phenomenal. He was the guy that would come in and would just be firing from the hip. And <laughs> I have never met anybody that asks as many questions as Colin. Hands down, Colin asks more questions than anybody I have ever met in my entire life. But I think that's one of his massive, massive strengths. I agree 100%. So before we jump into some questions and we, you know, kind of put Colin in the hot seat today, Colin, can you kind of give everybody a little bio on yourself, maybe how you got into trading, where you're from, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm from Hong Kong, China. So uh, I started trading when the Bitcoin boom started at, uh, I think it's 2020. So uh, I get into trading because of the crypto thing. And, um, and I found out that like, I, I maybe I learned trading from a hard way because so most of my money was stacking cryptos. And uh, right now, crypto is not doing so well. So uh, I got to find another way to, um, to, to, to make my investment back, right? So that's why I think of trading. And the first mentor that I have in, in trading is, is, is a guy that trades the one minute time frame, And I found out that that's so exhausting on my side. 
and it doesn't work well for me. So that's why I keep finding different mental groups to, to join with. And I've been through several groups before. And um, I think ASFX has a different uh, approach because previously those groups just sell you the courses and they don't have anything to back you up. But ASFX is different. They have things to back you up. Like they have like a chat room that's full of like very good traders to, to, to interact with. And you have a black shirt club that you can interact with very serious traders. So I think, yeah, ASFX is different. And that's why I joined you guys. Yeah, exactly. Nice. And now with the black shirt club specifically, you came in, like Tom said, kind of in a place of just, we'll say not consistent trading. You were getting exhausted, like you said, burnt out, not moving in the right direction. And then with some course correction, we've been able to make some serious improvements over the last few months. So I'll pass it really quick to, to Tom, if you want to speak a little bit on Colin's improvement, some of the areas maybe that you've seen his growth in the Black Shirt Club, because for those listeners that don't know, the Black Shirt Club is not just trading together every day, like Colin's saying, we're actually doing one-on-one -on -one coaching calls every week to review the day and review each days of trading, I should say. Colin's done a really good job at tracking all of his stuff. Colin does some of the best daily report cards that we have. Yeah. So I think that made Tom's job a little bit easier. But Tom, you want to speak on that a little bit, how coaching Colin was? Yeah, so I remember Colin coming in and he'd been in ASFX. And if I believe right, the first four months were losing months. Yeah, exactly. So my main focus was to understand why what where's it going wrong and like i say colin was taking lots and lots of trades but like you said colin was definitely one of the best at filling out the drcs the journals the trader improvement program that they get given as part of the black shirt club and that tracks everything it tracks all parts of colin's life pre-trading routine the trades that he was taking he's off the chart habits he's on the chart habits and there was one huge correlation in Colin's bad days versus his good days. And it was nothing to do with his trading at all. It was all about his sleep pattern. We yeah. went backwards and forwards for weeks on Colin's sleep. And we've changed his lifestyle. We changed when he was working out, what time he was going to bed, the time he was getting up, because it was just so obvious when he was getting sleep his performance was so much better and we took him from losing four months in a row to making money within that first month of joining the bsc and then we followed it up month after month after that so and that was just through the sleep now we're right now he's consistent and he's back on we're optimizing and pushing colin to mm -hmm. accelerate that growth but at the start he was just trying to identify where things were not quite right or not that could have been better ultimately. And I, it sticks out to this day. And it's something that we now look at amongst all of the other traders because it had such a big impact on Colin's trading. Is it sleep like because sleep is so important or is it something to do with the hours with Hong Kong and stuff like that? Um, so from what, what we, what we have the conversation in our coaching course, I think it's the, the sleep. That's, that's the thing. And sleep is one of it. And, sometimes what is behind that sleeping problem is it you're working out too much you're stressing out yourself or is it you're not eating at the right time because you need sometimes for your 
for your food to digest, right? If you like eat like an hour before you sleep, like you're gonna like not gonna sleep well, right? So so actually it's what happens before the sleep or what happens after the sleep you do mm. that affects the sleeps that affects my trading for performance before. That's very, very interesting. Yeah. What were you say, Tom? Yeah. No, I was going to, because I, I it, like Collins just said, you were working out twice a day, I remember. Yo, before, we were like yeah, yeah, putting exactly. that one out at like at the night before you were trying to get to bed. And you are a night, like a night owl. I can be on and you're still there at like four or five o'clock in the morning, your time, like not going to bed and you can still be <laughs> up. And I'm like, what are you doing, Colin? It's 5 a.m. in the morning and you've not been to bed. Like, I'm getting up at five the next morning and you're just going to bed. Yep. So, yeah, that was, a, that was a big one. Um, and I think it's had a massive effect on his trading. Huge. Well, also, yeah. he, like, his confidence. Once you figured that out, it's like you broke Colin out. That's what I was saying. He's a much different trader now than he was when he started the club. It's like you broke him out of his shell, gave the kids some confidence. And now he's like in the chat and running the chat. I feel like every morning I get to wake up and see something funny yeah. or something that Colin said that is helping somebody like Colin's super involved now. You know what I mean? So I think maybe we could talk about from your perspective, Colin, where does that confidence come from? Is it you got the sleep down, you started winning more trades and that's it? Or is there something else that you would attribute it to? Yes, getting my habits back on track is definitely um, one of it. And also, I think it's because when you see that you trade the same system and you get the consistent results that you have, you start to have your confidence up a lot. And, um, and I think that confidence comes with a lot of work, like journaling and stuff like that. And if you skip that journaling plot, part, you wouldn't be able to uh, gain that confidence because sometimes uh, I still have this issue. Like maybe I got like, like, like too emotional when I want to get into trade, but through journaling, I will be able to actually cut it before that emotion steamrolled me. So when that pattern happens, I can cut it off before it actually induces me to do something that's damageable to my trading and this is what you guys preach about right taking things that don't work not working for us um out and that's how we earn money right so uh yeah so i think that's it just to yeah. build on that because you are probably the most self-aware trader that i certainly work with in the bsc you and mm -hmm. you get better and better every month but just for the listeners how are you doing that and if you can, I know you've got it on your desk in front of you. Can you just like lift it up and show people like, you don't have to like show anything, but what are you doing? Talk us through the process of your journaling well, well, emotions. Well, I have a notebook um, that's in front of my desk every day. So, so, so when I catch myself thinking of like anything, I would just like, like write it down inside my notebook and, and, like even if I'm like taking a shower and I have some thoughts immediately, like after the shower, I came out and just just jot down my thoughts inside the the, the notebook and and some some minor things just like like what's the risk reward of my trades? What maybe we can talk we can like journal about like what's the minimum risk reward of your trades actually goes, and this is like what what we can test. But if we don't have that journaling, we will immediately forget 
what happens at that moment we think about something right so so that's why i think that journaling is very key and also don't just journal your thoughts journal your emotions too and what lures you into thinking about this thing and and at that moment what did you do so you can reflect back on it and see if if it's the right thing to do or are you being steamrolled again by your emotions so uh i think yeah you guys should get a notebook like like me it's... like inside my desk yeah i and this is one of the reasons that I believe Colin has made such a big improvement is because not only is he journaling his trade statistics, his more his habits, he's literally going in and writing down what he's feeling every moment of every trade. So what he's the benefit he's getting is when say you're in a trade and it's going towards your take profit, but it doesn't quite get there how many times do you get anxious and shit the bed and pull the trade because you don't want it to go all the way back to your break-even point or your stop loss? Colin literally writes, I'm feeling really anxious now. It's near my stop loss, my take profit, and there's no reason to get out, and I'm panicking a little bit or I feel anxious, and that's how it starts. And then we're like, yeah. so at what, at what point towards your take profit does this come in? Then he can be like, he can capture his thoughts in the moment and be like, this is just my emotions taking over. There's no technical reason to get out of this. This is just my mind playing games with me so I can stick with it. Or the other way around, oh, I'm in drawdown. It's going towards my stop loss. It's going towards my stop loss. And people sometimes will move it and lower it down and then they'll try and ride it. And Colin's like, no, that's this is now invalid. I'm capturing my thoughts. I'm aware of this. I know I shouldn't do this. I need to let it hit my stop loss and then I, my risk is done and I'm following my plan. So Colin is so aware of his thoughts, but we all act on the things that we shouldn't do. Because Colin is aware, he doesn't because he can then say, no, that's not the right thing. That's not what my plan says. It might be what my head's telling me to do, but it's not what my plan says to me to do. And I've not found anybody that can do that as well as Colin can at the minute. And I do think a lot of it is because of the level of journaling that he goes to. Yeah, I would. I think that the personality test that we make everybody take at the beginning of the Blackshirt Club test kind of backs up everything <clears throat> that you guys are saying. Colin scored pretty high, if I remember correctly, in the conscientiousness, which is like in my eyes, how much does he care about the work? And I think if you care about it, when we do this type of journaling, you increase your self-awareness. So Colin's self-awareness has become his superpower and it's allowed him to be aware of the emotion and not let it like he said steamroll him i like that to call it yeah, it's a very yeah. nice vulgar term kind of right <laughs> there I, I learned it from jared there you, you know, go I learned it. <laughs> yeah 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 jet you're talking about jared tendler yeah yeah exactly yeah. so yeah his his for everybody that's listening his book what is it the mental game of trading right yeah yep. yeah he has two books like i think and poker one of a poker one and the uh mental game of poker deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He well, yeah. we're having him on the podcast in a couple of weeks, so that should be good to to chat with him and and kind of dig into the psychology of that. I'm sure his concepts have been impactful. So, speaking of him, since we plugged him, Colin, give some of the newer traders or people that don't have a good resource. Who are you reading or listening to? We've been preaching ASFX the whole podcast. Who are you reading or listening to outside of ASFX that's helped you? Um, I think. Um, there's a lot of videos on YouTube, right? And uh, I think the biggest impact for me is like uh, Mark Douglas. Like he preaches about like the risk 
and and the uncertainty uncertainty of the market. And another guy that I like is Tom Dante, and um, <laughs> and and he talks about like how competitive and how serious uh, trader actually needs to be in order to make it in this business. And and those two guys have a lot of impact uh, on my trading career. When you say competitive, do you mean competitive against themselves, competitive against the market? What has he taught you about competitiveness? Um, he he talked about like what kind of work you need to put in to trading in order to make it. So so it's not about the competitiveness to the market. It's about exactly as you said, competitive competitiveness to yourself, mm. and and you got to have a high standard on yourself, like like. What kind of things you need to do each day? Um, so he he preaches something like um, his day doesn't end when he closes the trade. His his day ends when he actually like journal all his stuff and do some like number crunching, as he said, like 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 how does his uh, trade will do if he doesn't manage it or he doesn't manage it? Is there any difference on it? Mm -hmm. So so that's what he preaches about and 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 like. If I if I if I didn't like listen to those guys, like I wouldn't be putting so much work on it. So that's why, like, like trading is people take it so like easy, but actually, there's tons of shitload of work in the back end to do. Like, like people think that we just press buttons to make money, right? But but that's like the surface of it, right? Like like the tip of the iceberg, but below there's a huge fucking work though that we need to do right 100%. before before we actually make that money yeah so yeah you know yeah. it's so competitive like like to be honest he said something like like if you're not if you're not ready for that kind of work somebody else is and they will outwork you and they will take your money away and and that like amazes me to be honest y'all very very true i feel like even at his point, Tom Dante or any of these guys that have been trading even like longer than all of us put together, um, it seems like journaling is still something a part of their routine. There's only a few guys who I've seen that journaling and review does not become a part of what they do anymore. Do you think that'll ever be something that you stop doing, Colin? Do you ever feel like there's enough optimization in your trading that you would just say, I'm just going to trade? Um, for now, I don't think so. But in yeah. the future, maybe. But uh, I think... I don't know. Maybe those guys actually have enough self awareness, so so they 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 might be able to skip that. But on my level now, no, I I don't think. Well, imagine doing something for twenty years, like twenty years of doing the same thing. I can't. I I'm only twenty eight, so I can't even imagine the level of like competency, the level of proficiency that you have after twenty years of doing it. You know what I mean? What do you think, Tom? Yeah, and and actually, they they still do the things that that that's like the hard work like like of course and and they aren't like like they could chill at at the beach right but they don't like like they still put in tons of work work to 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 work on the edge like so what makes that like like don't do that right so at, at our level right now right isn't it yeah what do you think tom i think it has to remain in there in one way shape or form i think like you say there may be the odd one or two that don't need to journal, but that's probably because they're sat on a fat water cash already. Um and are they're at that stage where it's almost automatic now. They have gone through this process 
hundreds of thousands of times and it's just in their muscle memory right that competency stage or unconscious competence i think it's like one of the terms used where it's just ingrained so much into their brain by that point um but for like you say the people that aren't all of us combined aren't at that level of 20 years yet of experience 30 years experience i think it's as important as ever to journal because like you say it's it's such a competitive arena that we should be looking at ways to get better and i know that tom using yours as a the reference and staying on that topic crunches numbers in one way for an hour a day every day crunches numbers in one way so he tests trailing like different exit rules or tests a new theory on like whatever he trades in terms of and every day he tests something new for an hour wow and just tries to increase his edge it's crazy every day for an hour and like you say if you do that for 20 years right you're gonna be pretty good right and then how much do you really need to do yeah and i think you're probably right it is more of the one-off guy because i don't know how like I feel like if I stopped tracking everything, I wouldn't – like I don't remember what happens on a Monday when it's Friday. I don't remember the lessons from that day. I don't remember what I was thinking, so I need to write it down. Maybe I'm just losing my brain cells, but I think I I, I need to write it down. Colin, do you think luck is involved in trading? Let's get into this because I feel like this is a good parallel. Tom, no. don't laugh. You know we need to talk about this. This is a heated um, debate. This is a very heated debate. Tell me in the YouTube comments, everybody, is luck involved in trading because this is a heated conversation in the black shirt club. So Colin, you take the wheel first. So I think that luck plays a huge factor in trading um, because on my viewpoint, like trade by trade basis by the late Mark Douglas is uncertainty, right? And uncertainty needs luck, right? So if we don't have luck, how can we win the trade? Because we actually don't know after we sell or buy if the people will actually step in to buy and sell after us, right? That's how how we need to win, right? We need people to to sell and buy after us. And if those those people don't come in, we are gonna be the losers, right? So so think about it. Like like we, we don't know what the minds is 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 thinking, right? So so there's there's that uncertainty makes that trading needs luck to evolve, like. If you guys play with the Monte Carlo simulator, you'll know that like there's different lines, right? But there's lots, some lines which is above the water. So so you don't know like like which line you're on, right? You need luck to define you on which line you're on. So I think luck plays a huge factor in trading. But in the long term, um, we are the casinos. And in the short term, we were gamblers. So we were like like the hybrid of casinos and gamblers. But I think if we can accept that uncertainty and luck plays a factor in our trading, more traders will actually make money because they will respect risk much more because it's you need luck to win that trade. So why would you put something that you, you are not willing to lose on the table, right? So that doesn't make sense, right? Isn't it, guys? Um. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I think Colin's, Colin, Colin, I give, I give Colin stick about this because he calls, he, he likes to think of us at times as gamblers, and he's right short term, to a degree in the fact that we don't control the outcome of any single trade. So, 
that is a gamble. But he, again, he did mention the long term, which is the bit that we've been trying to uh, to get in. Is you can have a positive expectancy, and over the long term, it's not then going to be a gamble because you're play letting your edge play out over time. So, but. I did like the fact that Colin brought up the Monte Carlo simulation and you are absolutely right. You can have an expectancy and like it was Jake yesterday. Uh, we were on the podcast, uh, the trend spider. He talks about, he used the weather and how you can map it out by having like the V cone. And it's exactly the same. You can be, have the same stats, etc., same win rate, same average win. And somebody can make, 200k and somebody could make 50k with exactly the same depending on the first 200 300 trades because of the look or the way that the monte carlo system so there is definitely an element of look in there and the lower the time frame the more plays apart so for like one of the ways that i like to demonstrate is like on funding challenges for example and people may agree agree with me or not or disagree on this point. But taking a funding challenge, if you have say twenty days to make eight percent, which we know some firms have to do, them twenty trades you can do everything right and still not make eight percent. So mm -hmm. to pass something like that, there is going to be an element of luck. And in January you might not do it, but you might do it in May and still do exactly the same thing. So there is an element of luck in trading in certain areas, definitely. Yeah, I like what you guys both said about the outcomes being unknown. I think that's the biggest thing from my perspective of like what I want new traders to take away from this is just like you when you click the button, you don't know if it's a win or a loss. You can use indicators yeah. and systems to put probabilities in your favor, but you never know. And I think that as long as like you understand that when you get into trading, it's harder to understand than it is to just hear it because like you said, Tom, you could do everything right and still lose money in trading, still fail a funding challenge, right? Like you can still experience what people would call loss. You have to have like mental fortitude to say, well, that is not loss. That is just the data of the outcome. Bigger picture, like Colin said, I'm the casino. I have the edge. You guys both made really great points there. So to move off of this a little bit, if luck is involved – to a heavy extent, like Colin said, uh -huh. and we know that, <laughs> and we know that the outcomes are unknown. How do you handle setbacks and losses, Colin? Even right now, we had a call this morning, coaching call, and we talked about some of the losses you're taking as you're testing these counter trend ideas. So, how do you view setbacks and losses overall? What's your philosophy on it? So, I think if you respect um, luck, you you see yourself when you fail. You are on the risk side. So, so when there's a winner, there's always losers. So people always uh, think of something that's um, maybe they think of like Amazon. They're so big right now, but they don't see that the, the things that they failed on. Um, if you focus on the things that um, you failed on, you're never going to be successful, right? But if you treat those as a, as a, as a like mentality as like we got to work hard but we need luck to back you up in order for that hard work to success you handle losses much more easily so this is what i want to emphasize is that if you respect luck you also respect risk the risk side so if i lose the trade what my brain is default into thinking is that okay i'm just on the unlucky side of thing which is the risk side of thing and i got that handled right i have my 
max daily drawdown and my max consecutive losses per day. And that's already back, back, have my back, right? But on the flip side, what if I win? Like, like that's when luck finds me. And that's when I maximize my, my winnings during yeah. those times. Right. Yeah. And this isn't superstition. Like you're not trying to say like you got to sleep with a fork under your pillow to have luck come find you. It's just a perspective that you're sharing, right? Unless do yeah, you have exactly. some super do you have some superstition that you're not telling us that we should be doing? No, no, no. It's it's all about my mindset. I always think of like luck and risk are actually equal. If because as I mentioned before, like someone wins, someone have to lose in trading. So <clears throat> so so I'm just unlucky to be landing on the losing side. But if I have my trade management well and my take profit well, actually, even if I win 50% of the time, which is like a coin flip, right? That's luck, right? If I have a good money management system, I could actually come out winning money with a 50% like coin flip, right? Yeah. So that's how I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to add anything in there, Tom? And real quick before I pass it to you, did you know that I retweeted like two hours ago that Amazon earnings show the largest annual loss ever by a public company. And you just used Amazon as your reference about their losses. Did you know that? Uh, yo, I, I, I see a peak on my phone, but I didn't yeah. click on it. Yo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. That's a per it's I, a perfect reference. I mean, <laughs> like on just real quick on that. It's like, you think Amazon is sweating. Amazon sweats losses so little that literally if you buy something from them, that's a pain in the ass to return. They just tell you to keep it if you try to return it and they give you your money back. I bought like this pull-up bar thing once for a long time ago, for outdoor like pull-up workout thing. We It didn't come with enough parts. Like we had to jerry-rig it up together to make it work and we put it in for really? a refund. They were like, keep it and here's your money back. They don't care about losses that much, bro, because they're so much yeah. more focused on the bigger picture. What was the uh, what was the value? Did it give you the value of the loss? Yeah, let me see if I can pull it up. That's but yeah, <laughs> I agree with the, with the point that you made. I I had the same with the phone case. Um, it didn't come with one of the parts, and they were like, "No, just keep it. We'll give you a refund." Here you go. Crazy. Mm, okay, I think I think that's what 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 people that respect risk uh, uh, think about it. Like because because if you if you if you always think of like like. If you don't respect the, the luck element in in success, you would be very very disappointed if you fail. So, but if you implement that, luck plays a factor in so, in anyone's success. So, what's you'll your be what more are like your competent on it? Yeah, I got the some advice to new the traders. Number. Then, what what are your major key risk rules? What protects you? Two point seven so, billion, just so you know, last year. That's what I'm seeing. $2.7 billion okay. loss. Wow. Okay. Okay. Huh. Wow. Well, if, I, <laughs> if I have $2.7 billion loss, that would be fucking cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. it would, Colin. So wait, go ahead. Go ahead. You can answer yeah. Tom's question. That's a good question. Um, so for, for me, like, I think I read somewhere that like uh, people can only make like one to two best decisions per day, yep. right? I've heard yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You guys heard that? So mm -hmm. so that's what I based on. So I have, if I have two consecutive losses, I would like call it a day and journal my stuff and do some like number crunching to replace that like trading hours that I have. And also if I'm down 1% per day, I'm going to like stop trading immediately. And the next day I will have my risk. That's how I manage risk. And uh, 
yeah, how I survive in this market. Yeah. So we, so many people could learn from just literally following them two simple rules. Um, yeah, exactly. I think they would think be far you... better off by doing that a lot of the time. I like, I liked the bit where you said, and I know you did this yesterday, actually. So I know it's true. Um, where you said you take two consecutive losses. And if you take them, you use the rest of the day to then number crunch and do all the bits and do a load of testing. And I know you did that yesterday because you took two two hits yesterday and yeah. did the same. So I think that, I think it's great advice for people and people w would be far better off by doing it. But I, I know plenty of people aren't going to do it. Um, but please, please, please listen to what <laughs> Colin is saying because it will keep you in the game um, and yeah, give you exactly. enough time to to get there ultimately and i think that is one of your your strengths mm -hmm. so what do you Thank think you about know. funding what do you think about funding companies colin what's what's the the approach because you know i'm curious like are there i know there are other traders in hong kong so like are other traders near you funding like trying to get funded what's what's the vibe from your perspective so i think in hong kong like um funding is not a big thing in Hong Kong. So people literally like trade their own money. Um, so they don't trade Forex much. I know my cousin trade Forex and, and yeah, and, and he, he used like what Fantage as, as his broker, but, uh, but he's using his own money. So I think funding is not a very big thing in Hong Kong. And I don't think there's any like funding companies in Hong Kong because people in Hong Kong actually like, likes to like just buy and hold store stocks and and just trade stocks and um what do they yeah, trade most u.s stocks like u.s stocks no no, no they trade like the hong kong stocks hk50 like yeah. like hang, hang yeah. Sheng index i don't yeah. know you, you you guys know that or not. come on like, bro yeah. of course we know the hang Seng. yeah hang Seng, hang Seng indexes yo yo and uh and yeah they trade china stocks and alibaba and that kind of stuff so why didn't yeah, you go that route why are you trying to get funded and, and trade Forex and be different? Because that's interesting because, you know, you know, when I joined ASFX, you actually lost your hundred K account. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the, that's the, actually the thing that, that makes me buy your courses and, and learn from you. So isn't that funny? I think, yeah, yeah. That's funny because you said you're trading with other people's money. Right. And, and that actually opens a door for for like like okay i don't need to put my earned capital in risk and um i can because i already balls deep in bitcoin right so so, so i, I don't <laughs> want to like put more money in the in the market to risk so so if i can learn the skills and and get funded with like whatever funding companies that that uh, aligns with your interests yeah, that's a good good bet, right? So that's why I I I try to get funded with you guys. Yeah. So now, what is your thought? Are you do you think Bitcoin comes back? Like, are you watching Bitcoin every day to see when we get back to fifty k? <laughs> well, well, well. In yeah, I think because Bitcoin has some like something like like a four year cycle, right? So twenty twenty is is the is the the cycle, and I think twenty twenty four maybe they will run up to a hundred k. So, uh, yeah, but I'm, but I'm still holding. Yeah. Bitcoin, I, my Bitcoin. I agree, bro. I think that it's very hard to see Bitcoin going to zero. I think the only options are, does it stay trading around what it is now? 25, 22,000, or does it actually have the potential to be what, you know, Kathy Wood and everybody says hundred K by 2030, hundred K by 2025, 20, whatever. I mean, 
I hope so for the people holding. I hope it does. You know, I'm not holding a ton of Bitcoin, so I'm not even hoping for myself. I'm more hoping for you. What do you think about crypto, Tom? You never talk about crypto. I'm not really that interested in it. Really? That's not my bag. Uh, I don't have any predictions. I don't have any thoughts. You'd rather go to the horses. I Yeah, I would. I would. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, I, I say that. It's probably one of my biggest regrets is obviously one of my pals that i do the gambling with he he's was probably been sitting on bitcoin player. forever that's what you're going to tell us right he's been had bitcoin you he was talking about it years ago right he was he was a professional <laughs> poker player before and all all of these oh, like yeah. his shrewd mates that he was with all all talking about it and i'm talking like way under a hundred dollars a bit oh my god bro yeah mm. and he was in and he was like every week we would sit there and he's like just bought some more Bitcoin. I remember he had it on the screen next to me. He's like, yeah, I'm buying a bit more Bitcoin. Get in, get in, get in Bitcoin. I was like, no. Damn, that's crazy. That's Yeah. Would you be still holding it? Like, honestly, would you still be holding Bitcoin if you bought it $100 and at this point it's gone up to 70000 at one point? Would you really still be holding it? He held it all the way. That's incredible. He held it all the way. I've never seen anything. That guy must have giant balls, bro. Holy shit. It's a saint. One yeah. emotionless motherfucker. That is yeah. tell you that. That's crazy. Yeah. Good, good for him. I, I I don't have the investing like perspective, the investing hat. Like I don't I don't have that bug. I got the day trading bug for sure. You know, yeah. I'm a I'm an in and out kind of guy, you know. I don't know why. And I, I do still put money aside and I buy ETFs for long-term investing, but that's not something I would like. You can't even sell it when you buy it in in, in, in retirement account until you're 65 or you pay a 10% penalty. Mm -hmm. So like that, you can't even sell it unless you want to give away money, which, you know, with the Jewish thing. Not I'm in not that game. That. Well, right. I suppose we are at, in, at some <laughs> days. I feel like that when I trade Euro pound now. What? I'm just giving it away. <laughs> Bro, that the... pair has never worked well. <laughs> I'm know. telling you, that pair is a very tricky You do pair. tell me. You do tell me. But you know what? I What the fuck do I know? Colin, what do you think about your favorite assets, bro? Because I know that this was a question I wanted to talk to you about. Favorite assets to trade, assets that you hate to trade. Give the people some insight. Well, my favorite asset is actually uh, euro and pound pairs. Um, uh, EJ, GJ, and uh, Cable, GU, and... Um, EU, um, that kind of asset, except Euro pound, which doesn't work well. <laughs> and uh, and the worst, the worst one from my stats is actually interesting. It's it's the best thing that you trade prior. Like it's it's Bitcoin. I don't know why. Um, so that's why I hold it instead of trading it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good idea. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. No, that, that those are good. I mean, those are really good pairs to trade. I think. For me, what I've been really focused on, like why I haven't traded Bitcoin is the spread. If you have a broker mm -hmm. with good spread, Bitcoin's great. Like Bitcoin alone is enough volatility to help you pass funding challenges. That's what I did. So like I'm I'm very yeah, I'm lucky that it worked out that I was not having spread issues with Bitcoin with my Forex funds before the new year. And now after the new year, it's like their spreads have been bumped since the, like literally January came back after the holidays, spread is way bigger. I don't understand why, but that turned me away. And now I'm, I'm doing a lot of SPX. I'm curious because maybe you can give me some good advice, Colin. You know, this week I've been really thinking a lot about on SPX, my, and of course, Tom, chime into this. Like I've had three trades that I could have been in. C setups. I didn't take any of them. 
definitely, I mean, they all, two on what, Tuesdays was a winner, Wednesdays was a winner. Today, I liked the short idea on SPX. It was like a counter trend. Still, even if you traded the C setup, those are three wins I could have had. And I didn't mm-hmm. take any of them. So have you struggled with not trading enough, Colin? Oh, you know that. Like, like when I came in, I I came in for a one minute time frame. So you were just so trading, I, I trade like crazy. I I trading crazy. Like you I never like, had the time of like being too selective because I I feel like a lot of the guys you probably see in the group, Tom and I would have both experienced it being too selective at certain points. So this is where I came from. Like because I came from the uh, so many trades point of view. Actually, I need to be more selective to to make to make money out of it because. If I take too, it, it's actually a good thing. You, when you start out to test a strategy or you trade the system, I think it's the best to to take more trades, but with a small risk that you can afford to lose. Uh, after you have that kind of like data point, you could like start to see okay, what patterns actually work well, what patterns doesn't work well. So take out what doesn't work and trade what works, and I think that's how selectivity comes in for me like i was used to gunning every trade but since seeing my stats like c setups doesn't work well and it it's 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 draining my my percentage a lot and i cut that out only trade b setups or even some people will like size up in the a setups which i haven't done it yet and that's how like you got you got that's how you earn more and make more by doing less things actually yeah as you what you said right yeah yeah 100 percent I think for me, because you're you're looking at just one, you're you're massively focused on one, maybe two assets now, aren't you? Yeah. And I think you just like anybody that's trying to improve it or go through a different. There's a transition phase, and you have to find your feet in that. And yeah. when you are, you've always trended like in trade. L fifty doesn't lie. You're going with everything that you've said before. If you're then trading one, one pattern on one pair there comes a point where you're you're going to want to maybe trade lower probability setup so you can keep taking the well, trade. That's where I'm at now. Right. And that's mm-hmm. just a transition phase for you to go through. And this is exactly what it is. So now you've said, right, I've missed three trades this week that I could have been in. So if we then go back through the process where well, you've journaled it, you've identified the issue. So now we try and put a possible solution in place. Next week, your focus for the week is, I'm not going to miss any trades. If I have a read and I feel like my belief is this, I'm going to put something on it. Don't care whether it's 0.01, but I'm going to put something on it. And then the fear of loss that. is real, Tom. You know, you mm-hmm. don't. I know. You know. We start small and we build on it. And like you say, you gather it's... the stats and over time you'll say, well, do you know what? I've taken 30, 40 trades on this. And if they're at 0.01, even if all 40 lose, it's still less than half a percent, which they're not all going to be. No, for um, sure. So I think that's where I would try and go to because I yeah. think you, you want to build that confidence. I, I think it's um, also a byproduct of like having more money to trade with, want like not wanting to lose it, but also, yeah, just that, just not wanting to go into drawdown and, and I'm on a win streak still. Like I'm, 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 you know, that all plays a factor in not trading from my perspective. So that's, it's interesting, bro. Like no matter how good you think you're doing, you, you can get payouts, you can do whatever, mm. whatever. There's still probably something you can be working on. It's just a matter of, did you find it or not? That's really mm-hmm. what it is. Even there's Tom always. Dante, even every, every right? Yeah. You guys are, there's always yeah. something. You just only know so, about it if you journal it, you know, and you track yeah, it. Yeah, so, so, 
so that's what the DRC is for. Like you, you have the question, like what can you make for or lose less? If you really dig deep into it, you will find something that you can actually um, test at the end of the week to see if that works. And I and I can guarantee, like 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 most of the ideas probably don't work, but the things that actually works will will actually make you like a lot more money because it's the 80 20 rules but you got to test it to see if gotta it works test. or not like yeah and 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 also trading is is kind of personal because what works well for you might doesn't work well for me so if you don't track it if you don't journal it you won't know what asset that you trade best and what asset you trade worse so if you are actually bad bad at bitcoin but you keep hammering your money in bitcoin you're gonna like lose all your money and you couldn't bet anymore right so so that's why like tracking and journaling and and improving is always here for us traders yeah so what advice do you have for the new black shirt club members people listening to this thinking about coming into the club i think if you are if you are really serious then you you you, you might want to con, con, consider black shirt club but if you are not serious and if you're not like willing to put in the work like like it's it's actually a lot of work like if you if you if you want to like improve and 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 if you're not willing to put in that work i don't think you are fit for blackshirt club to be honest uh so so if you if for real like like because trading is so hard really for real like like so hard like like you're gonna put in so much time to make this work and and if you're not willing to to put in that that kind of amount of hours and and work to to do the journaling or tracking or or like 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 even treating treating like and respecting yourself with your habits that you put on i don't think the black shirt cup is for you but if you are like really determined and really hunger for success and you're willing to do whatever it takes like the coaches tell you to do then i think the black shirt cup really fits you because they have everything ready for you. The system is tested and, and you just got to follow them and tweak them to your style. That's how you get successful Blackshirt Club. It's really good advice. I think that is probably the biggest, not a hurdle, but like the biggest thing to be ready for, for people that are listening that are not in the club. There is work required. We can't make improvements without you showing up and putting in the work to... Mm -hmm track the trades like Colin saying crunch the numbers test new strat like tweak new things it it is definitely um laid out like a blueprint but that doesn't mean it's just plug and play there's still work required yeah really well yeah. said yeah yeah really well said did you, did you want to add anything in there Tommy no i uh, i thought that was uh, that was really good i think i for me, the standout for, is, is people asking questions. Use the resource. And this is the same for everybody. Yeah, you said it's, that. It's just ask. If you're not Colin sure did a really anything. good job at that. And it, it helped. And, yeah. I, and I also think that the, the people that join Blackshirt Club are serious guys. So so you, you, you can make great connection and great friends inside the Blackshirt Club. Um, so there's a guy named Sebastian inside, inside the Blackshirt Club. And and he's a, 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 a like gym coach and yep. and actually literally like I asked him for advice on what can I do to improve my bodies and how can I tweak my hours to to sleep better and eat better. So 
So the, the connection you make inside is, is also excellent. If you are like keen on asking questions and be humble, and uh, that's the key, be humble and open-minded. And you're ve- yeah, you're open-minded, very open-minded, exactly. so you receive the information yeah. well. So la- I guess this is my last question for you. Why did you join the Black Shirt Club and come to the London Seminar in the same year? Because some people would be like, why do you need both? I think it's because I want to meet you guys in person. And also um, because you, you need to know that um, if you are like doing something uh, with with people, you want to meet them in person and see like, actually, are they legit or not? And actually, you guys are legit. That's why like like when I came here, I was actually very pleasant to be in the London seminar. And I think if if you want to improve your trading, seminar and the Black Shirt Cup can actually work well together because you can actually uh, have some statistic that you don't have when you go to the London seminar. And you guys give us the statistic that the Black Shirt Cup members maybe don't have. And, and that's why the London seminar is actually uh, worth every penny that I've actually spent. Yeah, There you go. I love it. And hopefully we'll see you at the London seminar this year then too. Yeah, I think I will be there. Yeah, I'll see you there, bro. Yeah, I love it. Well, well listen, bro, so, yeah. this has been awesome. I really appreciate you sitting down and giving us the time because I think it accomplished exactly what I wanted. I wanted to be able to pull some value from your experience. I hope people that are listening can hear how real and authentic your experience is. It's fresh. It's just been happening over the last few months. And I feel like it's relatable. Like a lot of people listening are going to be like, I can relate to being that guy that Colin was, but I want to become the guy that Colin is now. So hopefully that'll motivate some people to uh, to jump on the ship and get into the Black Shirt Club with you. And then that'd be cool. Maybe they found you on the podcast and they're coming to the club and it'd be, be awesome. So we'll leave it here. Everybody listening, watching, make sure you hit us in the comments. If you have any questions for Colin, we'll bring him on for another episode. I'll put Colin's Twitter link in the description as well so you guys can follow and connect with Colin. He loves to connect with other traders. Look at him smiling. And uh, yep. we appreciate the time as <laughs> always, everybody. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a great trading week. And we'll see you guys in the next one.